Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Future Tech Podcast. My name is Juliette Lamar. I'm your host today, and we also have with us the CTO and co-founder of Market Protocol, Phil Lasser. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Juliet. Really appreciate the intro. Yes, of course. So why don't you go ahead and start us off with what is Market Protocol? What are you guys doing over there? Yeah, so Market Protocol is a Ethereum-based protocol. So we've built the protocol on top of the Ethereum blockchain that allows people to invest um, their digital assets into real-world relationships or other cross-chain relationships as well. Cool. Um, so why Ethereum? Do you work with just Ethereum? Um, yeah, currently we've decided to build our protocol on top of the Ethereum blockchain uh, for several reasons, w- one of which um, currently is just essentially the number of developers that are working on the platform as well as uh, the number of end users that are very familiar and comfortable with, with the Ethereum-based smart contracts. Got it. So you're kind of like the middleman. Yeah, absolutely. Our protocol is is built on top. So it's a a series of smart contracts that allow people to trustlessly trade these assets and uh, collateralize the trade. So there's no need for custodianships of funds and um, issues like that that have arose with centralized exchanges. And we're all very familiar with a lot of the hacks that have happened um, from some of the centralized exchanges. And then things in the traditional financial world, like Band Financial as well, where uh, custodial accounts were 
from funds misappropriated and uh, the freezing of trading activity. So there's lots of issues with kind of the centralized model and with blockchain technology, it's a great use case to be able to decentralize a lot of these trading activities. Got it. So your your company, Market Protocol, really has a strong belief in the decentralization, decentralization of an exchange and what roles you should play within that. Absolutely. Giving people greater control of funds, not having to surrender custody of funds, uh, transparency, all things that blockchain technology does really well with, lends itself perfectly to a financial application like Market Protocol or a decentralized exchange. So with specifically Market Protocol, the security, because you're not holding on to anyone's funds, is it more secure as well? Absolutely. So funds are, are locked on into a smart contract when a trade is initiated. So there's no possibility of us absconding with your funds. There's, there's no ability for someone to hack into that smart contract to remove funds. Um, essentially, it's operating with the security level that the Ethereum blockchain is operating on as well. Very cool. So for this service, if people want to use it, um, what fees are associated? Do you take a percentage of the sale? So the protocol itself is free to use. Uh, we don't take any fees at all. People that are implementing the protocol that are actually implementing the a decentralized exchange on top of it, where you know a buyer and seller would come together to be able to transact, they are allowed to charge fees. Um, it's not something that we're natively doing inside the protocol, uh, but they're 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 allowed to. So. It'll largely be set by the application layer that's built on top of the protocol itself. Great. So that just adds another level of simplicity and security. Absolutely. And it, it, it allows many decentralized exchanges to exist, lowers the barriers to entry for these exchanges to come up, and should drive more competition. So that should definitely lower fees for everyone to, to be able to trade. Absolutely. So what really, I mean, there's a lot of decentralized things out there that are similar to market protocol. What really sets you guys apart? So there's there's definitely some uh, similar protocols that, that exist right now. There's a few things that are pretty unique to us that we think are really important. Um, the, the first thing that sets us apart is a lot of the protocols right now allow you to trade digital assets only. So I have token A, you have token B. We might be able to swap those in a trustless fashion, but there's no ability to get exposure to real-world assets or assets across the chain. So if I'm using a, a decentralized exchange on the Ethereum blockchain, it's limiting me to assets on the Ethereum blockchain. I can't trade Bitcoin. I can't trade Zcash. Um, with our protocol, you're able to get price exposure to those assets. So now on a decentralized exchange on Ethereum, um, you may, you're able to trade things like Ethereum versus Bitcoin. In addition to that, we can create relationships to real-world assets. So you could use a stable coin like a U.S. dollar proxy to trade things like the S&P 500. So now in a decentralized fashion, you're able to, to trade uh, index of stocks that's currently not on the blockchain itself. Got it. And is this an app that you would be having on your phone? Is it a desktop thing? Like how, how are people accessing your services? So as the protocol layer, um, we hope to incentivize many different applications on, on top of it. Certainly, um, applications that provide an exchange-like functionality, that's probably more like a website. Um, if you go online right now to trade on some of these decentralized exchanges like Radar Relay or DDEX, you know, they have a, a web-based UI that people can access and use. Um, we've also talked to a, a lot of wallets that could integrate services to provide stability to these digital assets that are really volatile by using our protocol to be able to hedge 
exposure to kind of the volatility in the space. One of the things that we think is really important um, for, for blockchain technology to scale is, is the ability to remove some of the volatility. So um, right now, if you talk about using these things as like a medium of exchange, uh, as a store of value, or some of the utility tokens also, it's really hard because, you know, a 30% price, price move in a day is pretty regular <laughs> almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need a way of, of decoupling utility and the, uh, the promise that blockchain holds from kind of the, the price volatility that's out there and the speculative nature of, of some of these assets. So derivatives in the traditional world allow people to do that, right? If you're a bank, you might hedge uh, your mortgage, ex- mortgage rate exposure. If you're an airline, you could hedge your exposure to, to uh, fuel costs or, or uh, jet fuel costs. And those are, you know, that's a volatile asset that they need to mitigate some of that risk to. Same thing happens in the blockchain space or needs to happen in the blockchain space where businesses need, need to be able to hedge and um, create a much more predictable cost and um, profit from, from those assets. Do you think that's the number one thing holding back uh, cryptocurrencies and maybe blockchain technology is the volatility? I think it's certainly one of them. I mean, most people, you know, if you ask them what's holding, holding blockchain technology back, they would talk about scaling in, in regards to number of transactions per second, um, or, or perhaps just uh, finality, right? Like how long it takes to reach consensus uh, of, a, of a block. And those things obviously are important. And there's lots of projects that are working on exactly that, right? Exactly solving the, the idea that Bitcoin can uh, process roughly 700 transactions, or sorry, seven transactions per second and something like the, the Visa payment system Trans, uh, processes like 24,000 transactions per second. So there's you know, a large discrepancy to, to bring blockchain to scale and, and uh, kind of to the whole world. But I think volatility is certainly something that scares a lot of people from holding these things to, to use. And what else do you see as, as potential other large challenges within this, this kind of business space? And how is Market Protocol addressing those issues? So uh, there's the whole ecosystem uh, of projects that are being built on top of utility tokens uh, or digital assets in general. A lot of businesses are forced to hold large balance sheets of tokens, um, whether that's because they're providing like a wallet service that easily allows you to transfer between two tokens, um, or they're providing business services where they need access to a platform that's tokenized. And so they have to hold large amounts of that token in order to provide that access. And they, again, they have no real way of mitigating any of the risks. So the utility that they might be consuming is much can be dwarfed by the volatility and the exposure to them. So I think that'll really help a lot of these businesses scale and grow is the accessibility of now having an ability to the ability to hedge um, with derivatives using market protocol. Very cute. So I know that you, it seems to appear that you are kind of an open source thing. I see a page here on your website about contributing. So if people want to come and hack on your protocol, what what can they do? Yeah, absolutely. We're very proud that we're uh, completely open source. Uh, we talk a lot about being, just in general, uh, that we're trying to default to being a very public and open project, meaning that you know our meetings are recorded. Uh, we have meeting notes for people to look at and, and invite people publicly to, to join us in the project. Um, everything that we're doing is being developed out in the open as well and on GitHub. We have something, oh gosh, it's growing every day, but roughly probably about 30 different contributors right now to our code base that have helped us develop market protocol to where it is today. 
That's everything from our, our marketing website to um, our decentralized application that allows people to deploy contracts to the, the protocol itself. And to me, uh, that's one of the coolest things about what's going on in blockchain tech in general is you have this massive collaboration of people from all over the world that are contributing ideas to projects. And the rate of innovation because of that is, is staggering compared to, um, you know, these things that have happened in a much more closed source proprietary world. Um, and I used to be in traditional finance and a trading desk and everything we did was so sealed. Um, you'd go to a work function, you couldn't even talk about what you did because everyone, you were worried about people stealing your trade. And uh, yeah. to come now to working in, in the environment where it's very collaborative and we have people from all over the world contributing to our project. It's pretty exciting. It's fun as a developer. And I think that really cultivates a culture where it's not about beating the other person out. It's truly about finding solutions to problems that need to be solved. Absolutely. And you see it where, I mean, even among different blockchains right now that they're, you know, they're borrowing ideas from each other and they're collaborating and, it's exactly that, right? There's a lot of people that believe that this technology can change the way that not only people transact, but how they work, um, how we view assets, how, uh, you know, just everything happens. And so to have a lot of like the brightest minds right now working on that together is, is really cool. Absolutely. I just love the culture too of startups because whether it's open source or not, I think a lot of startups, you know, everyone is treated on an equal playing field. You know, there's the founders and there's there's those people who who have the original idea, but in order to succeed, they they need the help of all these other people, and it just breeds such a a positive atmosphere and a positive work environment, which is something I really like about the blockchain space, as you were saying. Yeah, as a founder, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so, uh, you know, wherever that's coming from is is, is great, and yeah, I, I agree with that totally. Um, it's nice to have a nice flat organization and just everyone's just trying to move the ball down the field a little bit. And, you know, it doesn't matter what your assigned role or job title is. Um, it's kind of everything because you're working in a small team and everyone's just, you know, super aligned with the end goal of uh, creating incredible technology that's usable and that, that can can change, in our case, what finance is. Um, but in other, you know, other cases, other applications, the same, the same idea. So let's go back to you. You used to work in finance, very different vibe. You know, what really motivated you to get out and to create something like Market Protocol? Um, yeah, so I spent about seven years working with uh, two of the other founders on a trading desk in Chicago. It was a prop trading desk. We traded derivatives um, on all the major exchanges around the world, CME, SGX, Life, ICE. And I was mainly involved in the technology side of that, um, helping to build low latency infrastructure to, to trade on these exchanges. And um, it, it, so we, we gradually kind of just started, stumbled upon blockchain initially just because of trading Bitcoin. Um, as traders, we were like just excited about price volatility, excited that um, this thing was moving a lot and didn't really understand anything about Bitcoin or blockchain technology in general. And, but it like opened the door, right? It opened the door to us exploring more about the underlying tech and what we were actually trading. And slowly, I think we all just kind of gradually came to it at different times where, you know, the light bulb turned on and like, wow, like this, this is really powerful. It's more than a currency. Um, it's certainly more than, you know, internet money uh, or any of those things that, that people talk about. And then, 
trading at that point um, had gotten not old, but it just you know it wasn't it wasn't as exciting. It wasn't something new. It wasn't working on new technology. It was something we've all had done for a while, and and maybe had some time to pause and think about something different that we could bring our past experiences and our domain knowledge to uh, a new area that was kind of up and coming. And that's what kind of started the transition. And then seeing the state of things where, you know, people talk about if you're going to trade on a crypto exchange to make sure, you know, remove all your, your money because you might get hacked. And that, like, that's just kind of the standard practice. and Everyone's okay with it at some level because everyone's doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But coming from a, a, a normal, a normal like professional trading world, that seems very odd. So you start thinking about decentralized exchanges and it kind of put us down the path of thinking about ways to solve the custodianship of funds issues um, and the lack of derivatives in the space and, you know, the volatility that we kind of talked about before. And now you're here. (laughs) Yeah, in the thick of it. (laughs) It's been very full gas. Yeah, it's been wonderful, though. I mean, it is it it is as exciting and as frustrating as as running a startup can be. but I'm not sure I would trade it for much right now. It's 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 cool to to feel um to feel like you're on the forefront of of a technology that uh could be revolutionary. It it truly is. You know, you're you're following your passion, and if you're passionate about something and you're you're willing to put the time in, you're gonna you're gonna succeed in in one way or another. So what are your what are your goals for your comp for Market Protocol in the next like three years? So the the, the first biggest milestone is, is a mainnet launch, meaning that we would be on the main Ethereum blockchain and on our testnet. Um, and so we're hoping that that's accomplished by the end of the year. Um, it's going to take obviously a lot of work to get there, but um, we have, you know, we're, we're scaling a, a team that I believe is capable of, of doing that. We have, again, like a lot of great developers, uh, a really strong founding team that's worked together for a long time. And I think we have the ability to, to pull that off. Um, so that's the first big milestone. That we're, we're targeting. Um, from from there, I, I think it's the interesting part of what we're doing is twofold. One of which is there's a lot of these products that people have never had access to before to trade. For instance, you may have uh, there's lots of people that are able to trade on something like the CME, but there's also a lot of people that have hedging needs that don't even know they have hedging needs or never had access to uh, these centralized exchanges because of banking relationships and, and things of that nature. So. You know, we can definitely lower the barriers to entry to people being able to hedge, um, whether that's, you know, builders that need to hedge lumber costs or construction workers that have cement um, to, you know, a group in Singapore that we're talking with that wants to create a carbon index, a carbon emissions index to trade on our protocol. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of, of those products become available to people that previously didn't have access. And then also, as we progress from there, one of the, the, the interesting things about creating a protocol that's very flexible and um, providing people the tools to create things that you may maybe never have thought of. So I'm excited personally to see kind of what creative ideas people have in contract creation that aren't even on our map yet that get created um, as this, the protocol rolls out and, and uh, becomes adopted. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. So one of the last questions is, I mean, what have you really learned by building this up from the ground up about the industry and just about, you know, a startup in general? What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned? So I've been entrepreneurial since uh, like, since I was as young as I can remember. Um, and it's, but it's never been in, in 
kind of a, the tech startup sense. Uh, you know, I've never, this, the last eight months is the first time I've ever talked to a VC um, about trying to raise capital for a project or, uh, you know, just gone out and kind of sold ourselves and, and, and really learned how to, to go through that process. Um, so the, I think that one of the first things is that it's, it's way harder than I expected it to be, and that's good and bad. Um, but it's, there's things, it's, it's a constant learning experience, and that also is what makes it exciting, though, um, because you're, you're learning a new skill set and you're understanding what it takes to run a successful startup um, and how to uh, adopt uh, or evolve, your, evolve things as the space changes very rapidly as it regards to regulation and technology. Uh, funding environment and all those things. Um, so I think that might be something that I've learned is just that it's it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Absolutely. Anything that's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And it sounds like you guys have a great team, and I love that you're open source. That just makes my heart happy. <laughs> uh, where's the Absolutely. Best, where's, the, where's the best place for people to learn more about Market Protocol? Yeah, so our website's marketprotocol.io. Um, and we have a Telegram room set up. So if you want to get access to that, it's marketprotocol.io slash Telegram. Uh, a lot of our founders are in there as well as other development staff. So there's, you can ask questions in there. Feel free to interact with us. Um, we'd love to just kind of grow awareness of the project and um, also people to contribute um, both ideas for non-technical people and also if developers out there want to get involved, we you know, again, our, our process is very open on GitHub and everything's organized there. There's issues to tackle, um, and we welcome ideas and feedback. Absolutely. Well, so thank you so much for joining us here today. This has been really fun, and I wish you all the best with Market Protocol. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That was Phil L. Sasser. He is the CTO and co-founder at Market Protocol. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 